0: Hey guys, thanks for joining us this week of the Jared Hudson for Sheriff podcast. Go ahead and subscribe, share with your friends, listen to it, give us some feedback and some comments so we can know maybe future interviews you would like to see. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, guys, Jared Hudson here with the Jared Hudson for Sheriff podcast. If you haven't followed us on YouTube, Instagram, uh, not Twitter, Facebook, um, I think that's it, right? Is that all our social media? Yeah, yeah. I, I call it the Twitter sphere. For those of y'all out there, y'all know that. Stan, I call it the Twitter sphere. That's any social media whatsoever. Okay. Um, but uh, get out there, follow us, and, uh, and check out Mr. Stan Cook. I'm going to let him talk about himself here in just a second. But it's cookforauditor.com is his website, and his Facebook page is Cook for Auditor, so Facebook at Cook for Auditor. Um, reach out, follow him, check out what he's got going on. And uh, I'm, I want you to give a little bit of your resume, who you are. I know you're a pastor. I want you to talk a little bit about that and your background and why you got into to politics. And you're running for state auditor, but before we talk about you running for state auditor, explain to us what is a state auditor.
1: Well, a state auditor is a constitutional officer of the state of Alabama. Is in line of succession to become governor if something was to happen. Um, uh, I think there's two or three spots maybe between the state auditor and the governor. The uh, state auditor does not audit individual citizens of the state. Uh, the state auditor actually is an inventory control manager or a property manager for all the property that the state of Alabama owns. $500. value or more. Uh, So if a piece of legislation is passed and there is a list of items in that legislation and they're more than $500 each, then the auditor tracks that from the legislative process to the location that they are supposed to arrive at and then make sure that they're accounted for. Um, And every year you go back and you take an inventory Is that property still there? Has it been depreciated? Has it been damaged, stolen? And then when you get into stolen property, um, you have to work with the county sheriff or the local district attorney and uh, discover uh, who took the property and start an investigation. Uh, That has not happened enough in this state. Every year, over a million dollars worth of property goes missing and uh, no one is being held accountable. Uh, that is a part of my campaign platform, is holding the politician and the bureaucrat accountable uh, for the state property th- that the state has assigned to them.
0: Wow, that's awesome, man. I had no idea that that's what, I mean, did, Stephen, do did you know that? The state order, a little bit. A little bit? You know more than me, though. Mm-hmm. You know, Ben, did you know that? That's pretty important. Yeah, and Ben didn't know that. <laughs> so... Before we uh, before we get into a handful of our questions, I appreciate you explaining State Auditor to us. Tell us about yourself, right? So your background, your resume, kind of uh, where you come from. Sure. Obviously, you've told us the reason you're running for State Auditor. Um, tell us about you being a pastor and where you pastor at, if that's okay, and, sure. and go from there.
1: Well, uh, born in Jasper, raised in a small town called Summerton in Walker County. Graduated Dora High School. Uh, worked. My way through college, uh, I had to work at Drummond Coal. Uh, well, I chose to work at Drummond Coal. Um, they offered me a great opportunity to work in the coal mines at West Jefferson, Steam Plant, uh, Flat Top Mines, the Scale House, the Parts House, and then that was my that was my first experience with inventory management. I was working at Drummond's Parts House and uh, learn how to uh, establish an inventory, control it, maintain it, keep it well stocked. Uh, would later, after uh, graduating four major universities and earning six degrees, um, would work to support my family while we were in part-time ministry. Uh, I was the uh, purchasing management uh, director for Fisher Scientific. Uh, I also worked for Cunningham Pathology Medical Laboratory Associates. Um, we were the warehouse manager, the inventory control manager. So that's why I think I'm highly qualified uh, not not the college degree aspect, uh, which that really does help, though, uh, but working in warehouses for 19 years, buying the product, inventory control, uh, dispersing the product, keeping up with it. Uh, that's what this job does in state government. I have 19 years of experience doing that, so I think um, I can bring a business model into state government and make this office run more efficiently. Um, a little bit more of my background. Uh, we work. Uh, let me r-
0: real quick. Whoa, so ahead. and uh, I and, and I like what you said because that's also something that I'm running on. Is that one of our for me personally is one of our problems in government is you have uh, oftentimes individuals in government who don't know how to make things efficient because all they've ever done is government, right? They don't well, they don't understand how to get past that. Versus a private sector or business mindset. Uh, if you if you don't make things efficient guess what they're going to do? They're going to shut your business down, or at least shut that portion of the business down, right? It's going to negatively impact the bottom line as a whole. So, Well, the, the two opponents that I have,
1: uh, one is a recycled politician, and the other one is a career politician. Uh, that uh, he had, His goal is to be a career politician. He is now, and if he wins the race, he will be. Um, but there is no business background. There is no real-life experience background that they bring to the office. Uh, One of them has served on the uh, state payroll for over 30 years, Um, and the other one uh, has not really had to work to know what it means to balance a checkbook, to make a payroll, to hire and fire employees. Mm. Uh, I've had to do all of that, and, and it's not easy. Uh, being a businessman, being a pastor, uh, we have a small business in Israel, and we have a uh, a missions program that we have that we run in Israel. These things are not easy to do when you're dealing with people's lives That's right. every day, and and then you you care about them making a living and you want them to prosper. Well, when you get into state government, you have to take that same approach. It's not tax and spend. It's not bureaucracy. It's people's lives. And this becomes personal for me. It's, it's not another rung on the ladder to climb. Uh, it's how we can make everybody's life better. Uh, so uh, I, I offer that to the people of Alabama, uh, a, a, a compassionate but very conservative Republican approach to government.
0: Oh, wow, I love that. That's great. So, in your, so real quick, in your uh, primary right now, is that where all three candidates are running from? They're all re- Republican all candidates? All
1: Republican. There are no Democrats. There are no
0: Democrats. So your primary is it. Right? That's we it. Talk, so we talk about this a lot, a lot on our podcast. I want to make sure the listeners understand. So for me, you'll see Jared Hudson running for Jefferson County Sheriff on the ballot in uh, in November, on November 8th, because we don't have any opponents in our primary. However, you're going to see Stan Cook on the ballot for May 24th. And Correct. so a lot of people uh, – Stephen gets asked this a lot on our social media, uh, and I know Ben deals with it a good bit. They're like, "Hey, you know, when you know, we got to make sure we vote for Jared on May twenty fourth. No, you don't vote for Jared on May twenty fourth because I'm not going to be on the ballot. But for Stan Cook, you're going to be on the ballot on May twenty fourth. Right. So that's the difference in the primary and the general election." Stan is running in a primary against two other uh, Republican candidates. However, you won't be running against anybody. You win on May 24th, and if they do a runoff, is it June 21st? Uh, I think so. Okay, so with a runoff uh, on potential runoff for June 21st, uh, if that happens, that's where you would vote for Stan Cook, and then after that, you're you're in that office. You're correct? in
1: the office. Um, yeah, we want to win on May 24th. We, we so. want uh, more than 51 percent of the vote. We visited all 67 counties, some of them two and three times. Um, we have spoken to every Republican group, all the Republican clubs, the ladies clubs. Uh, we've been out there among the people, uh, and we will have a great campaign come in, in May that will be a, a digital broadcast uh, campaign. Oh, that's great. Uh, and not only uh, signs on the side of the road. Uh, but uh, we'll be on every Facebook page and Twitter and the like you say the Twitterverse. We'll, we'll yeah, be that's there. right. We'll, we're going to be there.
0: Twitter sphere, Twitterverse. That's where that's where it's all at. Well, good. So you're going to be out there, and that's going to be starting in May when you are really yeah, starting to push your the, social media campaign. Yeah, the,
1: the social media then.
0: Perfect, perfect. Now that's that's great to hear. And then again for those who are listening and, and you're interested in uh, in Stan and what he's doing, I encourage you to go to uh cook or go to facebook and it's uh going to be backslash cook for auditor um and you probably have a Facebook link you can click on the yeah, website page. That's true. Uh, so go ahead and click that, follow him, and then definitely, obviously, follow this uh, with this podcast. You'll be able to listen to Stan's hard as we get into the questions. Um, he, you've given your resume, which I think is a great uh, resume. I do want to ask, you have six degrees. Six degrees, two
1: two bachelors, two masters, and two PhDs.
0: Holy cow, this guy. I mean, we normally set the bar low here, bro. Like, you know, I mean, I, I, I'll i tout my, oh, I got an MBA, uh, You know, I got a business degree, and I'm all, like, super happy. Ben makes fun of me, calls me, says, Oh, yeah, Dr. Hudson over there, you know, making fun of me. I mean, I feel, you know, I knew how hard it was just to get my MBA and barely pass with a, you know, 3.1 or whatever it was they required. And this guy over here, he's got two PhDs, two masters, and two bachelors. What are they in, if you don't mind me asking? Oh,
1: wow. Variety of subjects. Um,
0: (laughs) I would hope so. (laughs) uh,
1: Physical science and English in one of the bachelors, Um, theology and biblical studies in the other. I uh, have a master's degree in education leadership, a master's degree in uh, its uh, interfaith studies. I went to the Jewish Christian Institute, and uh, it's comparative religion is what it would really be called today. Uh, so I have a master's in that. And then I have a Ph.D. in education leadership and technology, and a Ph.D. in higher education administration. Um, I use those to help uh, with our missionaries around the world. We do missionary training. Uh, we do live stream training now. Uh, we used to travel to the countries and uh, visit with the missionaries in, in a particular country, but traveled to South America quite a bit. Uh, but now we don't have to do that much traveling. Kinda... Right? Well, co- COVID really, and it was a curse, but it, it was became a blessing because we really wanted the pastors to focus on uh, – facebook not not facebook but like facetiming on phones or uh getting the uh, face-to-face interactive i've had a screen where we've had 36 pastors on the screen and i'm teaching and i'm trying to think of the name of the company that produced that f- uh, for our denomination but when one of them speaks they their face dominates the screen and then when they quit speaking they go back and uh, so we're, we can talk to 36 pastors or missionaries at one time. And uh, we do that training. And now uh, we can put uh, everything on a live stream. We can talk to more. Uh, and we're focused on helping our missionaries in Israel. Uh, we go over quite a bit uh, and we help those people. Uh, bringing Jewish people home. Now 180,000 Jews from Ukraine uh, will be brought back home to Israel. That's 300 per airplane flight. That's 600 airplane flights uh, from Romania or Poland uh, to get those people back to Jerusalem. And they will be put into intake centers, and they'll find them housing and jobs. Uh, so we, we love to see that happening. Uh, we think that's a part of biblical fulfillment as well. But uh, to know that we can be a part of that. That's that is an amazing thing.
0: Absolutely no, that's great, and that's uh, that's awesome to hear. I mean, one about your ministry, uh, and then two about all those all those degrees you have. Because I, again, I know how hard it was for me just to finish my oh, my degree. It, was, degrees, it much took years, six, yeah, years. <laughs> six. That's oh, that's gosh. a lot of years work. Um, all right. Well, uh, and it sounds like, you know, just listening to your resume and, and listening to what you said and talking, you talking about the, the ministry work that you do, the missions work you do, even with COVID, like you said, it became kind of a blessing uh, that made it more efficient for you, right? It sounds like your job has been, how can we be more efficient with whatever it is God right. has called you to do? And it sounds like that's been, been your work, which would be the work of State Auditor.
1: Well, yeah, and you have to be efficient with your time, your talent. Uh, and, then, and then your financial resources and focus those on where you get the biggest bang for the buck. Uh, I don't like seeing state money wasted. Absolutely. Uh, and then in my life, in the other parts of my life, we can't waste money. Every dime matters. That's right. So we need to take the state government to a level of accountability that they know that the taxpayer is watching, that every dime does matter. And if it's buying tires for a state trooper car— or a new uh, communication tower, or if it's pen and paper in some bureaucrat's office, we want them to be accountable for that. Uh, I think we can reduce government, reduce the red tape, and by doing that we can reduce how much taxes you have to pay into state government and uh, put more money in your pocket. And that's the motive behind me running for office.
0: That's great. That's great. So I'll, I'll ask you the first question, and, and you've sort of already answered it, but I'll let you you know kind of answer it again. Uh, feel free to um, not go as in-depth because you've pretty much given it to us already. But why should someone, just a regular guy like Jared Hudson, vote for, for you? I feel like I've already heard that again, but I want to ask the same question that we ask all the candidates. Why should I vote for you? Well,
1: I am I am keenly aware of how state government works. So I think – I can be the go-between, the man that stands in the gap between those that spend your tax dollars and those that pay the tax dollars, and then we can make uh, politicians and the bureaucracies accountable, uh, make that information available uh, on the computer websites, uh, and when a very important issue uh, comes to light in state government, uh, find the... uh, the, the camera, the microphone, the news broadcast to let people know you need to be aware this is about to happen uh, and you need to be involved in state government. People really get involved at election time, and then they mm-hmm. relax. Well, it's the, in that period when they're relaxed is when all the spending takes place. So that's where I want to be uh, that advocate, that watchdog for everybody in this state.
0: No, that's great. Yeah, constant engagement. That's one thing I've learned with my short tenure stepping into politics now is constant engagement. Ha- you right have to be. Well. You've got you to be constantly engaged, uh, especially if you want conservative Christian values to continue to be imparted into your society as a whole. Now, I know everybody out there listening is not a Christian, but one thing I've realized is even if they're not a Christian, pretty much across the state of Alabama, especially right here within you know kind of our middle district, uh, central Alabama, Birmingham area where, where we live at, uh, the values are generally speaking the same even if even if somebody's not a christian or even if we have different ideas uh and 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 maybe model different belief systems our values what we want for society as a whole are generally the the same is that something that you've seen going around the state all other 67 counties you've been in
1: it is um my first campaign that i worked on was for ronald reagan as a college student and uh, I would take notes um, when, when Reagan would make a speech or he would say something off the cuff uh, that would show you the way that the man thought. Um, and I learned a va- some valuable lessons uh, in the first four years of his administration, and, and I was working on campaigns. Um, government is neither good or bad, but it takes on the nature of the person that we've elected. Mm. So if you want good government, you're going to have to elect good people. You're going to have to elect people that are not corrupt, uh, that that are not career politicians. So if you want that government to be good, and, and my goodness, look at our founding fathers. Look who those men were uh, and the way they thought, the way they wrote, the way they approached life. Um, Fifty of the 57 signers were Christians. That's right. They were pastors. They were deacons. They were elders. Uh, they had God and country in their heart from day one. Um Now, you don't have to wave the flag and be God and country and have the Bible in your hand every day, but it has to be in your thinking, it has to be in your character, it has to be who you are when you make those decisions in government, so that way we're assured that we're going to have good, prosperous government based on Christian principles when we elect the right people. So again, i say it again, what Reagan said, if you want good government, elect good people.
0: That's right. No, that's that's huge. That's great. Man, this guy's got... Six degrees worked on Ronald Reagan's campaign. I don't feel like I should be sitting here at this table with you. You know, maybe oh, I'd make no. my sh- chair shrink down <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> this, uh, like I said, normally the bar is relatively low in here, and now we're gonna have to reset the bar. Um, no, that's that's huge, and what you said is exactly right. You know, uh, William Blackstone, uh, commentaries on the laws of England, 1766. He's the 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 guy that wrote and it. It was really that commentary that was wrote to. Uh, um, our founding fathers used to to frame our constitution and, and our bill of rights kind of what they used to f- the framework that they use and he's the most quoted scholar in all of american jurisprudence right uh but he said that uh, there are two laws that exist and he's talking again about the law on this side but in, in particular the civil government's enforcement of those laws there's two laws that exist uh one the natural law of god right we know what the natural Correct. law is what we see in the world around us romans uh tells us you know we can see god through everything that was made so there's the natural law we see Him through his natural law and then uh the written law which is the word of god right the ten commandments the bible everything we see there and he said of these two things of these two laws no human law should be suffered to contradict right yet what do we see now when you put bad people in office what happens? We see stuff that are contradictory toward either the natural laws of God or the written law of the Word. So you're exactly right. I believe uh, what you're saying is exactly right in the sense that government itself is relatively neutral. It's those people that you put in those positions of of authority uh, that can become, uh, make it evil or make it good, right? Absolutely. And we have the benefit here in the state of Alabama, United States of America, of being able to vote. And a lot of places in the world don't have that right. And there's a there's a king born, there's a queen born, there's a there's a royal family, or um, you know you have you have elections that are. I've been overseas where where I know the where the elections are completely rigged to stand up certain people in in power. Um, you know that that sort of stuff is not a conspiracy theory; it's a reality. Oh, it's a reality. That's What we do a with lot. Special Operations Command all the time. Um, so with that being said. So, why should someone vote for you? Uh, you just laid it out perfectly, One with your resume, two with your heart behind the purpose someone should vote for a decent person in office as opposed to someone who is self-seeking, and that is, well, we're going to makes the difference in government being good or bad, uh, which I think is huge.
1: Well, one one thing that you were talking about just now is elections overseas, and we see how there there is no um, election integrity. Uh, the further you get away from this country, uh, the closer you get to election corruption. And, but we're now starting to see corruption here. Mm-hmm. One of the things that the state auditor does as a part of his portfolio or her portfolio, uh, the responsibility of appointing board of registrar members. Now, uh, in 66 of the 67 counties, the governor, the agricultural commissioner, and the state auditor each get to pick a board of registrar member. Uh, those people are on the front line of the election process. They are weeding out the election rolls, taking the dead people off the rolls. Uh, they're examining the roll every single day. Uh, I know people involved uh, as a board of registrar member that they actually read the obituaries. They're calling the funeral homes to see has you know who who do you have that has passed away? Are the are they in our voting area? Are they a part of this county? And, uh, and they are eliminating these people off the rolls. But we still have some people uh, that are board of registrar members um, that I would have never appointed. Uh, they are social Democrats. And, and it's beyond me how we can have a Republican governor, a Republican Senate, and Republican dominated House and still have Democrat board of registrar members in certain parts of this state. Um, we need people that are constitutionally concerned about that voter's registration list. Mm. And we need people that will examine that list every day. And so when I become the state auditor, uh, we will review those 66 of 67 counties that I would get to appoint a board member, and we will see if they're qualified, and we'll see if they're doing their job. And if not, we will replace them, and we will find somebody that is a constitutional conservative Republican to take their place
0: that's great man that's I, I didn't realize that either man i'm learning a lot just in this podcast from you especially on what the state auditor does um and it's funny you say that uh because the ele- elections are the most important thing and frederick Douglass, back you know civil war era right that time frame um frederick Douglass said our freedom is rooted in three things the uh, the ballot box right our our elections the jury box, which is our courts, and then finally, if those two fail, right, and, and, and in particular in this order, if those two fail, finally the cartridge box. That's what Frederick Douglass says, right? And so right. if we if we want to maintain a society free of violence and maintain our freedoms, we have to maintain integrity of our elections and integrity of our courts. So, uh, that man, that's vitally important. Now this is uh, again. I'm asking questions that I normally ask all the other candidates. This might not sure. be something that you're gonna uh, necessarily deal with, but what I do wanna I do wanna ask this and maybe tie it to something that you will probably deal with. But one of the most common questions we get asked, especially uh, back uh, in uh, you know January February time frame. Uh, this isn't as much at the forefront anymore, but it's vaccine and mask mandates and how that ties to your job as state auditor, or if it does uh, tie to your job as state auditor. But I would say the the primary question I want to ask is there was a lot of COVID money sent to the state of Alabama, right? We got a lot of COVID money. Um, rumor mill through the grapevine, all that, you hear that that COVID money is not being used necessarily for what it was supposed to be used for. And obviously the state auditor would be somebody who looks into that. Can you maybe talk a little bit about both of those?
1: Well, the, the mask mandates and, and the COVID uh, program would not fall under the state auditor's jurisdiction, but uh, a, my opinion as a, uh, an American uh, as a citizen of this state is that uh, there should have never been a mandate. Mm. We need choice. Uh, our founding fathers uh, fought to give us a Declaration of Independence and a Constitution that provides free will, a choice. As a Christian, you want choice. I will give you my experience as a pastor. Uh, In 2020, uh, when everything was fresh and new and everyone was scared of COVID, um, we had politicians in this state that was um, by de facto default decisions— allowing the state health officer to run this state. Uh, In my opinion, the governor should have called a special session, and any decision that was made, whichever way it fell, should have been a vote between the House and the Senate, and the governor should have taken responsibility and signed the legislation. Uh, What we had was government by de facto decisions. We had the government turned over to a state mm. health officer, and churches shut down, schools were closed. One third of all small businesses today are either closed in bankruptcy or in fore- foreclosure because of what happened in 2020. Um, we,
0: nationwide? That? No, in the state of Alabama. Oh, just the state of Alabama. In the state of, okay. of Alabama. Uh,
1: and we have a lot of small businesses that did not make it, that did not survive. Um, and, of course, their industry, uh, the, the top job they had, the business they had, may have been borderline anyway. They may have been mm-hmm. failing. And, but what COVID did was exposed the weakness in our society. But the governor, the, the Senate, and the House, they should have got together and been the voice. Listen to the people. That's why we elect them. And we should have been able to tell our House of Representative member or our state senator, we won't mask Or we don't want masks. And we want you to vote on it. That's why we have a representative government. Uh, We don't have a dictatorship. Right. We have a representative government, a a constitutional republic, and we should have had the opportunity to make a decision. And that process was taken away from us. We were never given that choice. I had to uh, write the Department of Justice and file a complaint. Uh, I was not closing my church. We never closed. Uh, no matter what Montgomery said or no matter what letter was written to us. Um, and I, I received some email from some politicians saying you should close. Uh, the, the optics do not look good if you don't listen to what we're telling you. Um, I said no. Uh, we contacted the Department of Justice. They wrote me back a letter, and they wrote— government leaders in this state a letter saying that we will stand with Stan Cook and his church congregation if they decide to sue you in federal court to keep their church open. The federal government in 2020 took our side in that process. Dang. So um, I think uh, you have to stand up for your rights. You have to know what your rights are before you can stand up for your rights. That's right. And and that's, that's the problem we have in this state and, and across the nation is that uh, people need to understand what their constitutional rights actually are and the process that's made available to them to stand up for them. And one individual can make a difference. Now, uh, we didn't make a difference for everybody else. People have to make a choice. And many churches closed. There are churches that are permanently, permanently closed. They never recovered financially. They had to sell their property. But that's because of the way we handled this in 2020. There are businesses all across the state, bankrupt, foreclosed. People walked away because of the decisions that were made in 2020. I will not be a part of that decision-making process. I will always decide on the Constitution, on the Declaration, mm. and I'll make the decision for the people to have a choice.
0: No, that's great. That's huge, and I, I appreciate you taking time to answer that. Even though I know that doesn't necessarily fall under the pur- purview of state auditor, and uh, that's really cool that you were able to submit that to the federal government. And you like you said, they sided with, with you. So for for us listening, and just again, us folks or citizens of the state of Alabama, in this case Jefferson County where we sit right now, um, that's vitally important. Stan said this: we have to know what our rights actually are. And that's one thing that we've seen. I know Steve and I have seen it. Um, Joel, some of the other guys in our campaign, we've seen that a lot of times, uh, myself included, we don't know what we can and can't actually do. We don't know uh, we just kind of go with whatever the flow is, and we don't know. Hey, this this is what's afforded to you by your constitution of the state of Alabama or the constitution of the nation. So that's huge. Um, and taking time to be actively involved in that, I think, is vitally important. I'm going to ask you some different questions because these don't. I, I know what your answer is going to be on these. Where do you stand on abortion? Where do you stand on the Second Amendment? I know, especially after already talking to you and hearing you, where you stand on those, and that's not necessarily going to affect or impact. Uh, us with your with what you're running for state auditor uh but i I do want to ask this that i wrote down where you talked about i want uh maybe give us a little more detail or go a little more in depth on the one million in state property that goes missing every year i think that's something that people would be interested i know something i'm interested in um and and why why does you know why does that happen obviously because you don't have somebody in the state auditor position that care seems to care about it but and that's
1: the bottom line Um, You have to have someone – first of all, the state auditor's position has been reduced in its budget, which means the number of salary positions uh, that the office has has become less. We need at least, at a minimum, four uh, auditors or property managers, inventory control managers, uh, in the state, strategically placed – Somewhere around Huntsville, Birmingham, Montgomery, and Mobile, uh, to keep up with sixteen or seventeen counties per person. Uh, that way, they can uh, keep tabs on the high end dollar amount expenditure pro- uh, pieces of property, uh, like tractors and bulldozers and backhoes. Um, we need to also find another way. To do we need to buy this property, or should we lease it instead? Mm. Because when you buy a piece of property, then you have to have some state employee that knows how to repair and maintain that piece of property. But if you lease it, then the company that you lease it from is responsible for taking care of that lease agreement. And that's less tax dollars being spent on the same piece of property. So I think our approach on purchasing the property has to change. And then uh, our supervision of the property, once it's in our possession, has, has got to be um, better supervised. And right now, with the budget that the state auditor has, they cannot do the job efficiently. It is, it is not this current administration of state auditors' fault. Uh, the budget has been cut. And I'll give you the example why or the reason why. Um, there is a duplicate government that has been created, a bureaucracy. It's the Examiner's Office of Public Accounts. They get $8.9 million a year in a budget to do the same job that the state auditor does, which gets $860,000 a year in budget. This bureaucracy bureaucracy was created uh, by a Democrat governor and a Democrat General Assembly years ago uh, before we even had a House and a Senate. Uh, but now that the Republicans are in control, we should address it. And we should solve this problem. Interesting fact, the person that is over the examiner's office of public accounts, that director gets paid more than the governor of Alabama. And that should not be. And if you take the. the and that's top, not an elected position. right? That No, that's an appointed position uh, that the governor and a handful of House members and senators appoint. They answer to no one. They don't answer to you, to me. They don't answer to the voter. It is something that is embedded within Montgomery, and that has to change. That has to be dissolved. Uh, I'm advocating uh, the, the, the work that they do is, is important, but they should fall under the state auditor. That way it's responsible to the voter. That person that directs that office is not responsible to the voter. They can do whatever they want to do, and they're appointed by the governor. Uh, I think that needs to be brought to light. People need to be made aware of it. If you take the top salaries of that one bureaucracy and add them together, they make more than the governor, the lieutenant governor, the secretary of state, the state auditor. And that is not right.
0: No, that's not right.
1: And, uh, And that's one bureaucracy. That's the, I, We could go on all day about all the other departments that are like that. But that's one. It's a duplication of the state auditor's office, and it needs to be dissolved and pulled back in under the state auditor. And uh, if I'm given the opportunity to do that, that's the first thing I'm going to do.
0: Wow, that's great. I'm glad I asked that question. Then, So uh, as we know, it <clears throat> seems as if government is not transparent with all the stuff they have going on. and It, it is and not. And that pans out to be true in every aspect of government. All right, I'll ask you this last question. Uh, it was asked to me. I think it's probably one of the best questions I've ever been asked. I ask it to everybody, so it kind of caught me off guard when I was asked. But it's uh, it's a good question. How, how do we know? How do I know that you're not you're not going to be like every other politician up there? How do we know you're going to do what you say you're going to do?
1: Well, uh, we have 236 members at the Kimberly Church of God. Uh, probably 150 in attendance every Sunday, maybe more, Uh, you can ask them about my integrity, my honesty, my consistency uh, on a Sunday-to-Sunday basis, who I have been for the last 18 years. Um, You can ask my denomination. Uh, You can ask my family. You can ask my friends. You can ask my enemies. Uh, I have a statement. uh, I think I borrowed this from Benjamin Franklin. Uh, you are known by the quality of your friends and the quantity of your enemies. Mm. And uh, I treat everybody, everybody fairly uh, until the point you're abusing other people. And then uh, I put my foot down. Uh, I'm not going to stand for the wasteful government that I see. That's why I'm running. I'm not going to stand for the misuse of a, an elected office. That's why I'm running. Uh, I have the nature about me to stand up to any politician, elected official. Um, I put my pants on just like they do. Uh, I'm an American citizen just like they are. And if I'm elected, I'm elected just like they are by the same people. And uh, I'm not going down to be a rebel rouser or cause trouble. I like to operate quietly and behind the scenes until it's necessary to make something public. Uh, but my resume, my record, uh, my associates will tell you who I am. And in the course of life, you're going to ruffle some feathers. Oh, yeah. But if you haven't, you're not doing anything. That's right. And uh, if you haven't made a few enemies along the way, uh, you haven't made any friends either. That's right. And uh, so what I'm trying to do is be an honest person going into government, looking at problems, and let's fix the problems. I believe everything that is right with the Republican Party, can fix everything that's wrong with this state. The values that we have, the conservative message that we bring, can answer all of our questions that we have in this state if we would just let it work.
0: That's great, man. I appreciate you spending time with us today, Stan. I appreciate you sharing that and uh, and really opening our eyes to what the state auditor actually is. Because, again, I didn't know— um, Thank you. Everything that you covered, I had no idea about. It. Is there anything you'd like to share as we, as we close?
1: No, I just want to ask uh, your listeners, your, your viewers, the voters uh, to go to the polls on May 24th, uh, Vote, uh, go up and down that entire ballot. I know many people are looking at the governor's election and the senator election, but there are many other important offices that will be voted on on May the 24th that will impact your life. So I'm asking you for your vote for state auditor on May the 24th and vote the entire ballot. And let's make state government better in the state of Alabama.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Guys, get out, vote May 24th. Make sure that you go vote. Make sure your family votes, friends vote. I know a lot of people my age, they don't even know about a, you know, a primary in May. Me and Stephen were talking about that not long ago. So make sure you get out there. You know about it now. May 24th, go vote your values um, because, again, all our values are relatively – closely aligned, especially across the state of Alabama. If you don't mind, I'm going to close this in prayer, brother. Sure. Go ahead. Lord Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for this day you've given us. I thank you for this opportunity to sit here with Mr. Cook and, and, and basically learn. I've learned a lot, Lord. And I thank you for his heart and his willingness to, uh, to share, Um everything about the position of state auditor and the purpose of of state government and these positions within the government. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would be with this man, with his church, with his congregation, uh, and ultimately get the honor and glory for everything he says and does. Let someone come to know you through the picture you paint or through the picture he paints of Christ and about you, Lord Jesus. I pray that you do the same thing for our campaign. Just bless us, keep us, Lord, and ultimately let someone come to know you through our words and actions. We love you, Jesus. We praise you. We pray this in your name. Amen.